0: to Queerly Recommended. I'm Chris Bryant and with me as always is Tara Scott. Hey
1: everybody it is episode nine. Are you all ready? I hope so. I think so. So before anything else Chris I just want to congratulate you on getting fully fully vaccinated for COVID-19. Woo-hoo!
0: I'm so happy I got my second shot last week and I will be free to move about the country in about another week and a half.
1: So is that when you're coming to
0: Canada? Oh wait, you're not allowed because we're oh, still not we're still wave. not letting anyone in. <laughs> I'll stand I'll stand by the border and wave. So oh. I just I fully recommend getting it as soon as you can. Uh, I know that that uh, there's a struggle to get people vaccinated and I know that at least the United States is really pushing it and a lot of people are getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And I also know that it's starting to uh, seep into Canada because one of our listeners actually just got signed up for it.
1: Ooh! So I'm starting to know some people. Not a lot. We're yeah, we're definitely behind uh, you in the U.S. Unfortunately, Canada has no vaccine um, production for anything, oh. so we're really dependent on um, negotiating with countries that do the production. And so I, I still think you know. Just to recognize that we're still luckier than a lot of other countries that don't necessarily have the literal buying power. Like they just aren't economically set up to be able to purchase that volume of vaccines. But my mom got her first shot. (gasps) Nice! So that makes me really, really happy. And my dad got his appointment to get his first shot too.
0: So, that, so it's happening. It's happening. It's happening.
1: Absolutely. It makes me feel a little better. Um, I'm definitely jealous as I hear other people getting it. But I mean, the more everybody gets it, the better it is. I will eventually get it as soon as I am possibly allowed. And in the meantime, we will just continue to stay
0: inside. Well, you can go outside. You just need to avoid people.
1: Oh, my God. Well, the variant stuff, I have to admit, is kind of scaring the shit out of me. And it makes me, especially seeing that it's transmitting really quickly, Across kids because they thought I think they thought like the the original one didn't like kids didn't actually transmit it that much and that is not the case um, with the variants and we're definitely having outbreaks here in Alberta so I'm feeling extra good about having chosen the online hub option it's been tough in a lot of ways but I my anxiety would be like through the roof right now
0: mm. otherwise yeah I know it's um uh, it's I feel for you I really do. I know it's happening. It's coming, and um, you know I hope that everybody takes takes it when they can. Takes it when they can.
1: And was sure. the second shot as bad as uh, as people have been saying?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually got mine at like noon on Thursday, and on Good Friday I woke up with a really bad headache, and I had the headache all day. Could not shake it, mm-hmm. and I had a fever for half the day. And I haven't had a fever. I haven't been sick and you know, for sure in the last 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't, yeah, I haven't had anything. And so it was really weird to have a fever, to mm-hmm. like feel myself with a fever. But that's it, really. I didn't really get really exhausted or tired. It was just strictly, oh my gosh, I have a fever and this headache, it sucks. So, mm-hmm. but then Saturday I woke up and I was fine. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, I guess it's time for listener questions. And we Woo! have a couple. Yay. Yeah, we do. So, someone who goes by queer weirdo human being <laughs> on Twitter asked, any lesser known author recommendations? And I asked, you know, is there any sort of zo- genre that you're interested in? And they said, fantasy. So, I have three that, I have three recommendations or three authors mm-hmm. um, that I think would work in this situation. So, I mentioned online, Barbara Ann Wright, uh, she has a bunch of, she, she creates worlds like mm-hmm. different worlds, which is amazing to me that anybody can do that, can create a whole world, different names, different languages.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: she, she has space. She always jokes about, like, everything that she has, but she has everything in her books. If you're looking for <laughs> space, serpent, uh, unicycle riding unicorn, <laughs> She's like, "Oh yeah, go to this book." And so she has it. So <laughs> or she'll Barbara write it. and Wright. write I have I haven't, <laughs> yeah. I haven't done it.
1: that yet. All right, I'm going to write the <laughs> I'm fish, going to I'm gonna write the fish people with the panda companion. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> exactly. Very good. You. <laughs> very clear. Exactly. <laughs> and then D Jackson Lee, she did the the ho- the horse, the dragon horse, um I think it was a trilogy set. Yes, it was. So, and most people when they when they think of D Jackson, they think that she's romance and yeah. stuff, but that was a really successful series for her. And it's been a while. I mean, I want to say, I don't know when the first book came out, more than five years. yeah, more than five years for sure, but that oh, very very no. good. It was very probably
1: good. more like six or seven years. I haven't read it, and I remember it coming up and going, huh, yeah, what's the, is there do you remember if there's romance in it? Like is there any kind of
0: a romantic element? Gosh, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to it.
1: Well, no, that's okay.
0: How's I know? Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, no, no. That's okay.
0: I was going to ask you what your next. If you had another author. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. And KB Draper. She has a lot of, like, f- the one that she's she just finished up. It was the Demon series. Mm-hmm. And it uh, kind of takes place in Hell. Sort of does. Back on Earth. Hell. Earth. Mm-hmm. And Demon Sheemans, Spirit mm-hmm. Shmirits, and Hell's <laughs> Bells. Hell's Bells just came out, so it's great. I mean, if that's fantasy, it's it has love. There's a little bit of love interest there, and we have queer rap. We have just a lot of a lot of stuff going, like humor, sarcasm, everything. So those are the three I recommend.
1: Mm-hmm. What about you? So I also have three, and the first is Mary Shannon. She is one of your fellow Bold Strokes Books authors Ah. and wrote, uh, she did actually did a pirate book called Branded Anne. (laughs) I said that so slowly because I was like, what (laughs) is the name of this book that has the lesbian pirates that are pirating? I'm lesbianing on the sea. (laughs) There's an island. Brandon, in! There it is. So yeah, that was what was happening. But she also wrote two books in a series called um, The Legends of Etheria. I think that's what it's called. It's a made-up word. We're going to say that's how it's called. I (laughs) think,
0: yeah, Etheria.
1: Right? So there's Sword of the Guardian. And I think the other one's called uh, Shield of the Handmaiden. And they're so good. The covers are not good. And so you're going to go to Amazon or wherever you go to buy books and you're going to say, all right, let me find these Mary Shannon books, these Legends of the Theory books. And you're gonna be like, Tara, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Why are you asking me to do this? And I promise you, like, just look past that because they are so good. The writing is top notch, like fantastic fantasy worlds, really satisfying romances. Characters are really interesting. So yes, definitely, absolutely go get
0: those ones. And don't judge a book by its cover. By the way, I need to jump back. I need to, I, oh, I just yeah. found, I'm um, going back to D Jackson. Oh yeah. And the genre. Okay. So I went to Bullstroke's books and they have like tags and genre and they yeah. tell you everything. So under this, you know, reading it again, I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about this. That's right. <laughs> so um, yeah, cause it has, it was a uh, 2015. Cool. So it was the first one, the Dragon Horse War uh, book one. Uh-huh. but it says genres action and adventure fantasy romance okay. speculative fiction and the tags are multicultural animals magic and shifters i mean that's everything you want right
1: well but now i'm thinking what if there was a does the dog die for books <laughs> <laughs> ah,
0: yeah so but again I'm, re- I'm reading the blurb and yeah i totally forgot about the characters and their. Lovey Dovey, I forgot about that. How can I forget? I, because it's a dragon horse, I right? Mean, that's could the coolest be more thing than a dragon horse? I know. <laughs> Literally, everybody nothing. wants a dragon. Nothing, right? <laughs> unless it's a unicorn. That's but right. even then, I think maybe a dragon horse is better. Oh,
1: okay. If you could have a dragon horse or a unicorn, which one would you choose?
0: Okay, here's the deal. So most people would think that I would choose the unicorn, but I'm going to choose the dragon horse. Okay, now tell us why. Yes. Uh, I need Fierce. Because
1: it's a fucking dragon horse? <laughs> Why it's a fucking <laughs> dragon horse.
0: I need Fierce. <laughs> like, in the real world, I want Fierce. I love, you know, unicorns and all that good stuff and the happy rainbows and cookies and cupcakes and candy. Sure. I love all that. But, you know, when it comes down to it, I mean, we're talking apocalypse. Oh, really? Yeah. And for sure, I would want a dragon horse. Yes. That's yes. a fair call. Okay. So I totally interrupted you. Oh, Back no. Back to your... your- <laughs> your recommendations for the question
1: that's okay you did it the perfect time because it was right in between recommendations yes, the perfect. next one is a series from bella books and it is the Alpenia series by heather rose jones i don't yeah. know if heather counts as lesser known i don't care i'm taking an opportunity to pimp <laughs> heather's books because it's our podcast and we can do what we, we want, want. <laughs> so with her Alpenia series it starts with the book daughter of mystery and there are four books now. And one of the things that I really like about it is that you can actually pick up each book on their own if you want. And it doesn't matter because I read the first book and then I read the last book, Tide. And even though I hadn't read the middle two, it didn't really matter. But the world building is so consistent that it still felt very much like I was in Alpenia, which was fantastic. And Alpenia is this fake country that Heather's created somewhere in europe but you kind of can see it's like oh there's some influences of like maybe france or belgium or germany like kind of all of that in there and there are different types of magic and there's fuck it's just so good like i'm at the point where i'm trying to articulate what i love about it and it's really hard because i love everything i just love everything just read them and you'll be happy you do one thing to note is that none of them are romances some of them have romantic elements and i actually found that in the first one daughter of mystery that the the romantic element was so gorgeous and perfectly done and that not only are they fantasy but they're very specifically historical fantasy that kind of aligns with like the regency time in england and okay. so it captures that feel that you often have in regency romances like there's because you know how like in mainstream like hetero romances there's a shit ton of regency romances so it kind of captures that feel makes it queer and does it as historical fantasy instead
0: that's a lot right yeah
1: and then the last one which is the one that i remember the least but i'm gonna plug it anyway because i remember loving it very 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 much also from bella books is called fruit of the golden vine by sophia french and so again it's like a fake historical fantasy The world building was beautiful. The character work was beautiful. And definitely go get that. So hopefully, queer weirdo human being, that gives you a real good start.
0: Six solid recommendations. Six! Right? What more could you ask for? Maybe seven, but we don't have it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to stop at six. Uh, We could be here all night, seriously.
1: Oh, that's actually true, though. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to cut it. And so if anybody else is wondering about um, recommendations for other types of books or whatever, you can definitely email us at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com or you can tweet at us, send us a Twitter DM, Insta DM, Facebook, you can leave it, whatever, we're everywhere. You can can send your requests in and we're happy to answer them for you. We had one other question that I'm pretty sure just started out as somebody being a smart ass and we were like, oh Yeah. (laughs) And uh, our friend Kathy, we've talked about Kathy Peggo a few times on here before. Uh, we love her. Uh, when I put the call out on Twitter just saying, hey, Chris and I are recording in a couple of hours. What do you want us to answer? She wrote back, who killed this guy in my work in progress? With four question marks. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but we'll actually answer it. If, uh... <laughs> For sure. So I went back and said, do you want to give us any other background information for us to take into account? And so she shared, it's going to be a historical cozy-ish murder book. There's a lady company president and a lady investigator, not a romance, otherwise go wild. Oh, the lady investigator is queer, by the way. Yeah, so our first question is, okay, but are they actually ladies?
0: Are they ladies? Or are they not ladies? Are they ladies? And who's the guy? Like, let's talk about the guy. Who is this guy? What did he do? Did he deserve to die? Um,
1: he probably had a gambling habit.
0: Okay, and of course he's going to have drug habits.
1: Definitely, and it's historical, so it's going to be a Laudanum habit.
0: Okay, yes, or opium. I mean, yeah,
1: opium isn't isn't Laudanum opium and alcohol together? It is. It's like the perfect (laughs) card.
0: to knock you right out that's true so okay but then who killed him did somebody slip first of all we have to determine who this guy is right who is this guy okay so we have a lady company president so the, what is this company what do they sell what what first services do they provide especially if it's a historical oh historical so we'll have to go back to what was made like what makes it historical like are we talking 1900s? Was the rubber band invented by then?
1: Right, and so I don't think it's going to be like a soap company because that would still be more of like an artisanal thing than a big ass mass market thing.
0: Right. So we need to come up well, unless it's a small company. Or is it, but
1: is it could it be like a real big company like a railway company?
0: Ooh, railroad, railroad ties. How about steel? It's a freaking steel industries, right? Industry. <gasps> yes, it her it's husband? a company, steel company.
1: Is it, the, is it the company uh, lover. president's...
0: Ooh. Okay, because we're assuming that the lady company president is straight because it just says the lady investigator is queer. Right. So, maybe maybe the guy is her lover and her husband finds out and killed him. <gasps> right! Because if it's only...
1: Okay. There, okay, but, but who? Husband killed him. Okay, well, I was hoping to go in a direction where he would get killed by an animal. And maybe that's not fair, but I have a reason for this. (laughs) And I'm not saying it's a good reason. But can animals murder you? Okay, so. so Dragon horses can. (laughs) Dragon horses can can kill you.
0: (laughs) They can totally kill you.
1: (laughs) So there is a Jerry Hill book with a serial killer in it. And there's a bird on the cover. And I made a joke once to a friend. About how the bird was the serial killer. And she said, actually, actually, you're not far off because the bird was the spiritual manifestation of the serial killer. <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, okay, what if this guy was killed by a horse who <laughs> was the spiritual manifestation?
0: <laughs> or is something. Or, 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 I mean, a cro- murder of crows, crows, <gasps> maybe just crows, right? Right? Yes. They didn't Murdered like by a murder of crows. Yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's done. All right, there you go, like, Kathy. The crows killed him. There it him. is. <laughs> yep.
0: Yes. Awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. Perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, Chris, what have you been reading or watching in the last couple
0: of weeks? I love that okay. we're leaving it at crows. <laughs> I know it's a murder of crows. Literally, done and figuratively.
1: <laughs> Kathy, we hope you okay. love it. And if not, I mean, this was always going to be possible.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm I finished up the one. Remember, I talked about it yeah. last episode about like I just I was halfway through and I was like, oh, this is so much potential. I still loved it. Okay. I still
1: recommend it. So. finished it. For the people who are joining us for the first time now and they haven't listened to the last episode, what's it about? Yes.
0: So it is about an online dating service that's DNA matchmaking. And it will find you, based on your DNA, the perfect match. Like, Uh at the very beginning of all this, I mean, well, these scientists figure out, like, people can be matched together based on their DNA, if their DNA is very similar they are matched, and uh, it was, it's kind of interesting to see, like, this could maybe happen in the future. But mm-hmm. but the way it is, is they send in DNA, and then to this company called The One, and then the company sends you your match, your perfect match. And either you act on it, or you don't. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, like, 99% of the people are going to do it. Yes. Like, curiosity is just part of who we are as humans. Yeah. You know, and and I mentioned before there was a there's a couple that they're totally happy. The husband's like, "I love you. I don't care about that." And she's like, "I love you. I don't care about that." But she secretly takes the <laughs> DNA and sends it in because she wants to know. She's yeah. so like insecure. She wants to know. Like yeah. it like eats her up inside. Like there's advertisements everywhere about yeah. this company, and of course it's gonna be it's gonna sink into your brain, and you're just gonna be like. Am I with the right person? Is he with the right person? Uh-huh. And so that's what happens to her. So she sends it in and she finds this her, the match who happens to live in London where they live. And so she goes and becomes her friend. I know. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying anymore because it's mind blowing. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I'm done with the first season and I hope that they continue on.
1: Okay, so, that's pretty good. But, so
0: I finished that, and then I, uh, I finished The Walking Dead. The finale was uh, the other night, and then I just started Ted Lasso. None of these are <gasps> queer, but yes. but I Ted Lasso! Isn't so it I just, the best? I literally just started it today at lunch.
1: The thing that I love, because we, we are four or five episodes into it now, so we're about halfway through, Is that everything I think, every time I think something terrible is about to happen, and I don't know if you have this, but I definitely have that thing where it's like, oh no, I don't want to watch that. And then you just like start (laughs) cringing in like that full body kind of way. It's like, what if I just leave? And it's like, every time I think something like that is about to happen, something different happens instead. And it's something lovely. And it's just like, it's just the loveliest, sweetest, most heartwarming. Like, it just has so much heart. And um, so for people who don't know what it is, the idea is that Ted Lasso is, um, he coached, what was it, a college football team?
0: Yeah, Wichita Yeah, like Shockers. an American football <laughs> American college football. football team. Like Division two or something, like low-end college. Yeah. Not low-end, but just not a high division. Yeah. Because, yeah, Which guys not one for football.
1: <laughs> so he coached them to victory. And he went viral because of, like, team celebration video or something like that. And the idea is that he gets hired by the owner of a Premier League British football, which is soccer for everybody in North America. And, like, there is no better than the Premier League because the owner is the wife of the guy who previously owned it. She won the team in the divorce. And she wants to fuck the team over to hurt her ex-husband, who hurt her very badly by cheating on her many, many times. And so she's hired this guy expecting he's going to fail so she can get her dream of giving the middle finger to her ex. And he comes in and he's so positive And he's yeah. so sweet. And you can just kind of tell that it's like, oh shit, he's going to win everybody over. <laughs> and he's going to leave everything better than it was found. And there was this one line in the premiere that I wish I could totally remember how it goes you'll probably remember better than me if you watched it today but it's when he meets his new boss when he meets this woman <laughs> and she says something to do with her father do you know what I'm talking about but he's like I know you're probably making a joke and if you are that's hilarious and if you're not oh, i yeah, to unpack <laughs> that with you later
0: that's a great line
1: Yeah, because it was this perfect show it has just a lot of great lines he is
0: yeah right yeah. and here's the funny thing like wichita state is not far from me i mean oh i'm like i mean it's so like it's watching like my dad going <laughs> to <laughs> so london you know i think it's okay i mean i i didn't notice that it was off or anything and i think i want to say that he's actually jason is from kansas city oh is he okay I, th- I could be completely lying to you yeah but i want to say there's something in my head that like we have a couple of really cool people yeah from missouri actors and i think he's one of them
1: he's so good and he's guessing, so good in this i'm guessing yeah people totally guessing. like everything sucks right now i think we're all feeling pandemic exhausted and if you are and you want something that's like low stress and gonna make you feel good and right. you've already watched all of Shit's creek this is your one <laughs> <laughs> that you gotta watch yeah
0: like and every the lines are so great like he talks about drinking tea and He's like he wants coffee, and she's like, "Here's tea." And he's like, "Huh? I always thought tea was, you know, dirty water, and I was right, you know." And he's like, he says it in such a charming way. Right? He's like, "Oh, just not."
1: This insulted. is disgusting.
0: <laughs> he says it I out, like dirty toned. water. <laughs> yeah, he's really charming in this, and I can't say that like everybody in Kansas is charming like that. But
1: <laughs> let's pretend but they are. They yeah, really are.
0: Pretend. <laughs> To go with it because I live so close so yes so
1: good. okay
0: so that is what I'm watching I literally just started one Aww. of my friends watches it and every time I'm going to tell the story so my friend Paula and I we watch every Friday night we either watch 2020 or Dateline because uh-huh. we like to try to solve the crime uh-huh. and we just like text each other like this is bullshit this is the worst <laughs> thing ever the husband did it and then later we're like the boyfriend did it and so we're ch- we always try to guess so like every Friday we do this yes and so like last the last two Fridays I'm like hey what are we watching 2020 or Dateline she's like uh I'm watching Ted Lasso so I'm like come on uh-huh. so finally I had to jump on the Ted Lasso bandwagon and so that's a that's what I'm doing. So yay! that's why I started it. So yay, Paula. So uh, Okay. So what, uh, what have you been reading or watching? What have you been doing? So
1: yes. I feel like I should mention animal crossing new horizons, which I have been playing the shit out of on my Nintendo switch. And I know what people don't know is that we build an outline for these things. Chris and I are prepared like, actual prepared grown-ups, and I didn't mention this in the outline, but <laughs> I just thought of it. I know, like, <laughs> I know, you me, <laughs> You're giving me a look like, what are you doing?
0: Animal? We didn't talk about Animal Crossing.
1: <laughs> so, this was a game that saved a lot of people at the beginning of the pandemic, because I think it just true. gave something to focus on. And the idea, if you have never heard of it, although... You must have at least heard of it. Right. Because it's, like, exactly. a friggin' thing. It's a, It was a phenomenon. Um, but it's basically, you are dropped off on an island, and this guy named Tong Nook meets you there, and he's like, hey, guess what? You live on this island now. You're gonna pay me a shit ton of money to upgrade to a house. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm gonna pay you a lot of money? What is this? I didn't ask to be... Okay. <laughs> it's very strange, but anyway, you go from this, like, messed up island to you clean it up, and you can have other people come and live on your island and build houses there. And then you get to, you just have to keep on paying more money to Tom Nook to build up the rest of the island, which is why I actually think that he's like a mafia boss. It's like the kids, yeah, it teaches kids about mortgages. I don't
0: know. But yeah, and we had talked about that. Like, we're preparing our children for real life. Right? Through this. Yeah, mortgages.
1: Now, this shit's real. It's so stupid. But the thing that I realized that I really, (laughs) one of the things that I really appreciated, which is maybe kind of a minor thing, but I spent so much time playing it last week because I took the last week off. As spring break with my kids, and both of my kids like to play with me because I have my switch, we have a family switch, and I'll go on with one of the kids at the same time and we'll visit each other's islands and whatever. But the thing that I love is that you can really make your character look any way that you want, and so I was able to create a character that is female but has like a super masculine kind of a presentation, and so it gave that for me as a gamer, I really liked that because I felt like it reflects my own experience where like, I still use she, her pronouns. I still identify as a woman, but you know, I like having a more masculine and, or I guess androgynous is probably better um, presentation. And so I love that that's an option now for our kids that if they're queer, they can make their characters as queer as they want. They're not locked into these super heteronormative, Things where the only way to get around it is to create a, another a character of the of your opposite gender and then just pretend. Yeah. So it's a small
0: thing, I, but yeah, no, it's a big thing. It really is because, like when I was gaming back in the day, you know, we had pong. No,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but no, we had just you know the games. You were mm-hmm. a male. You were a man you had muscles yeah you know that was it that was your character or if you got lucky and you were on a game that actually let you pick the sex of the character then you were like some sexy hot scantily clad warrior type woman no armor exactly It's like why is she wearing
1: a bikini but she's going into battle with a sword
0: (laughs) exactly and those are your two options and i'm like well shit Mm -hmm. who, who do i want to play So, yeah, so I'm glad that 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 is an option in games today. That's great. So, big step. I love it. Mm -hmm. Good for the kids. Good for the parents. Good for education.
1: And it's also still just, like, the chillest game ever. I know, like, for people that did get it last year, they're probably like, I don't really feel like going back. And it's like, I get it. I've already thrown more than 100 hours (laughs) into this game. (laughs) now i'm working on crossbreeding flowers because if you put the flowers you can set them up with certain colors and then it makes other hybrid colors. yeah exactly this is what this is my this is my quarantines hobby at the moment is uh, crossbreeding digital flowers
0: my favorite is facetiming my friend whose wife plays it and she watches while her wife is playing it so i'm watching her watch it and i'm just like what is happening? It's like, oh, we're like building and something about flowers. Yeah, there was something about flowers. And then there was something about going into some farmer's market and taking something and you had to chase the goose out or something. <laughs> the duck was, I'm like, what? And like, they're like into it. I, like, I could not keep their attention. I was like, I lost the animal <laughs> Oh my God, that's amazing.
1: So yeah, that's what I've been playing. I've been playing a lot of that. I'll probably take a break at some point soon. But in terms of what I am reading, I started listening to All I Ever Wanted, a rock and roll memoir by Kathy Valentine, which I have no idea if it's queer yet or not, because Kathy Valentine was the bassist for the Go-Go's. And so the blurb on this book is, at 21, Kathy Valentine was at the Whiskey in Los Angeles when she met a guitarist from a fledgling band called the Go-Go's and the band needed a bassist. The Go-Go's became the first multi-platinum-selling all-female band to play instruments themselves, write their own songs, and have a number one album. Their debut, Beauty and the Beat, spent six weeks at the top of the Billboard 200 and featured the songs We Got the Beat and Our Lips Are Sealed. The record's success brought the pressures of a relentless workload and schedule culminating in a wild, hazy, substance-fueled tour that took the band from the club circuit to arenas where fans, promoters, and crew were more than ready to keep the party going. For Valentine, the band's success was a fulfillment of a lifelong dream, but it's only part of her story. All I Ever Wanted traces the path that took her from childhood in Texas, where she all but raised herself, to the height of rock and roll stardom, devastation after the collapse of the band that had come to define her, and the quest to regain her sense of self at its end. Valentine also speaks candidly about the lasting effects of parental betrayal, abortion, rape, and her struggles with drugs and alcohol, and the music that saved her every step of the way. It's...
0: Heavy. <laughs>
1: it's super fucking heavy. I am about an hour, hour and a half into it. And the spot where I just paused is when she talks about how her mom took her from Texas to California when she was 12 to get an abortion. And oh it was, my God. Right. And like the whole circumstances around it are so desperately sad, but at the same time, it's really, really good. And I think, you know, if you're a Go-Go's fan or if you're just a fan of, music yeah fan of music in general or music in the early 80s specifically i definitely recommend this one and i specifically recommended an audio because kathy valentine reads it herself and she's quite like she's a good she's a really good solid narrator i'm having to uh, turn the speed up a little bit because i am impatient and i do that with every (laughs) audiobook i I do
0: the same yes
1: but i feel like with her i only turn it up to 1.3 times speed and there are other books i'm turning up to like 1.75 times speed so i feel like that speaks really well to how she's doing with it it's just it's fabulous i love it so much so chris bryant yes it's that time what is your official recommendation this week
0: yes my official recommendation this week is a movie called boy meets girl And there are a ton of movies out there called Boy Meets Girl. But this one was made in 2014. Uh And I'm going to read you the synopsis. So, 21-year-old Ricky is a transgender woman living in a small town in Kentucky with big dreams to move to New York and attend a school of fashion design. Ricky is working as a, a barista and spends most of her time hanging out with her only friend, Robbie, who has been by her side for the past 15 years. One day, while Ricky is at work, Francesca, a woman from town, walks in and a friendship unexpectedly blossoms. And then a bunch of stuff happens. <laughs> so uh, so, so that was the story. Right. And so, first of all, you're like, Kentucky, like the worst place uh-huh. to be queer, I think. And Like, I live in Missouri uh-huh. and I'm kind of in the Midwest. I am in the Midwest. I mean, it's bad here. So yeah. I can't imagine what Kentucky is like. People like... You can hide bodies in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It's like Mississippi and Kentucky. Good places to hide bodies. Just say. <laughs> uh-huh. So I picked this book or this book. I'm sorry, I picked this movie because well, I'll just tell you why. Like here's yeah. I have this whole synopsis thing. You know, at first it kind of seemed like a fluffy Hallmark type love story mm-hmm. with a little bit of angst and you kind of ha- you have the small town setup with the charming coffee shop and the small car repair shop, and you have a boy and a girl, and then another girl and another boy. Uh-huh. So it's basically Ricky is trying to get into fashion school, and she has a YouTube channel where she gives all these fashion tips. Uh-huh. And her little brother is adorable. He uh he runs her YouTube channel. Like he'll set it up, he'll put the camera up, and yeah. he's like go. And so she does all these really cool like outfits like if you don't have money you can wear this and so Mm -hmm. it's kind of a cool channel so she so this adorable kid brother i think his name is sam and she also has a really supported uh supporting father uh you're told early on that her mother died of cancer
1: Mm mm-hmm
0: so her best friend is Robbie, and he's one of the guys from Twilight. He's the kid, Mike, I think, who asks Bella to the prom, or he's getting ready to, and mm-hmm. she shuts him down and says, yeah, hey, go ask Jessica. And she <laughs> wants to go to prom with you. And he's like, oh, okay. So he's, he's Robbie in this movie. So I was like, oh, you know, that kind of even made it more exciting, because I recognized the actors. Yeah. When they're 16, Robbie's friends tease him about being friends with Ricky, but then they see Ricky as a woman instead of, like, I, I guess they tease him, they tease Robbie, they go, oh, you're gay, you're gay, mm-hmm. and he's like, no, Ricky, or I'm sorry, yeah, Ricky's super cool, fun to hang out with, and so these guys accept her with no, like, oh, she's cool, she's pretty, yeah. let's hang out with her, yeah. so it's it's a little, it's very hallmarky in that way, like, there's very little controversy. At first, you think, okay, this is, like, too easy, too smooth. Mm -hmm. and then you have like francesca who is the her father is the politician of the town so she comes from wealth and she's been at boarding school forever like nobody knows who she is but she's from the town yeah and she's really cute and she's completely oblivious to everything she's very naive and so ricky tries to tell her that i'm sorry transgender (laughs) i can't even talk transgender woman and like yeah. Francesca doesn't get it, so then she te- she's right next to her and she texts her, like this is this is who I am. And so she's like, oh really? Well, you know. And then she has all mm-hmm. these questions. And so Ricky wants to be very open about it, like I never want to hide this from people. I want everybody to know mm-hmm. who I am. And so um, so they mm-hmm. kind of like they have this this friendship, and there's like there's sexual tension. And Francesca is engaged to a soldier who's off in Afghanistan. And so um, so this whole flirting thing, uh, Ricky's friend Robbie, best friend Robbie, says, like, you know, this isn't a good idea. I don't think you should do this. And she's like, I really need your help. I've never had sex with a woman. I want to know what it's like. And he's like, oh, God, okay. So, you know, he's really embarrassed to talk about it. And so <laughs> he's very open, though. And he, you know, explains what sex is yeah. like and, and what it's like for him. And, and Ricky's only ever had sex with a man before. Mm -hmm. so um so like this whole thing it's just it's it's really you know you don't know who to root for it's like do i want ricky to be with francesca or do i want her fiance comes back and so he like yeah so he makes this i think his name is david so he he you don't know if you want if you want francesca to be with with david or if you want her to be with francesca and so it's just crazy so it doesn't actually go like you think it's gonna go i know right Like, like, so it's real fluffy at the beginning, and then it starts getting a little deeper, and you know that Ricky's been through a lot. She's very guarded, and she uses humor as her defense mechanism. And she brushes off negativity, and she twists it, and she just makes it, you know, just kind of like it's no big deal, but Mm -hmm. you know, deep down inside, she's hurting. She she really hurts. You know, she has a lot of positives, though. She has her her family, her supportive family. Like I said, she has Mm -hmm. this kind of sort of Mm -hmm. budding YouTube channel. Um, I don't remember how many subscribers she has. But it makes her feel good because she's trying really hard to get into school. And so every day, she and her brother go out to the mailbox to to check the mail to see if she gets the acceptance letter to this New York school of fashion. But I will say that the ending had me sobbing. Like, Aww. snot, tears, sobbing. But, in a good way. Yes. In a good way. You know, sort of. You kind of, you understand her pain when she shares her happiness. And that will make more sense after you see this movie. Like, it, it hit me in a way that I wasn't expecting. And it, it, the acting was good. The mm-hmm. symbolism was there. But the pain that's bottled up for years comes out in a way that I wasn't expecting. And I just how she turned all this negative energy into something positive had me just sobbing. Seriously. I, I, I cried so hard in this movie. Yeah. So I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Like I said, it's like acting was okay and everything, but just, I think the whole storyline was, you know, how to accept yourself, who you are, how to accept others, you know, and the whole thing with David, um, Francesca's Mm -hmm. boyfriend and Ricky and Robbie and Mm -hmm. Robbie and, Francesca and like this whole huge boy, girl, 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 boy, 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 girl thing going on. It was like the relationships there were, Mm -hmm. uh, they were entertaining if, if, you know, and kind of sad, but kind of good. And, and it's almost real life. Yeah, You date people, you dump them, you know, you hook up with people, you break up with people, you end up with people. So
1: (laughs) yeah. Well, that sounds pretty good. What was the reception to it? Because especially with it being in 2014, I feel like you kind of never know when it comes to trans representation.
0: Right. Right. Um. So like Rotten Tomatoes had it at 88%. That's pretty so, good. And I know it won some awards. Yeah, that's pretty good. And there was one, you know, I wanted to make sure that the the rep was mm-hmm. solid. You know, that there, there weren't a lot of, that it was portrayed. And the only thing That I found, not the only thing, but you know, you go through a couple pages and you find something. But um, there's a writer, Samantha Rydell, who wrote a review of this. And the title is, this film proves that casting trans actors isn't enough. We need fully fleshed out characters. And in this, Samantha says, I'm trying to find the spot. Um, Here it is. Therein lies the real truth of our cultural relationship to cisgender people. Too many of those embedded in the dominant culture, transgender stories do not, on a fundamental level, belong to trans people. Instead, trans stories are for cis folks' consumption, evoking within them feelings of empathy and inspiration as they witness our struggles.
1: So is Ricky played by a trans woman?
0: Yes. So Ricky good. is played by a trans woman. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's I, I uh, Michelle Henley, I think is her name. Michelle Henley. Yeah, it's Ricky. Yes. So hmm. yeah, so I I I really enjoyed the last. I mean, I liked it, but I really enjoyed the last probably fifteen minutes of it. It wrapped mm-hmm. it up well. All right, I might
1: have to look it up and see if we can get it in Canada, yeah.
0: which is always a question. <laughs> exactly. This, yeah, you know, and I, I did the, I don't know if it was on, you know, I just speak into the magic. Yes. <laughs> you know, so I don't know, like, if it's on Netflix. I think it may be on Tubi. I always say Tubi. I don't know if it's I've Tubi. I've literally Tubi. never heard of it,
1: so it's not in Canada.
0: T. <laughs> G- <laughs> so it's T-U-B-I. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, we don't have that. I We have yeah,
1: okay. Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Amazon Prime, and then the, like, homegrown one is called Crave. Oh,
0: well, it might be on those, too. Yeah, maybe. I just spoke into the remote and said LGBTQ movies <laughs> and, and it gave me a bunch of options and I was like, yeah, hey, let's check out some of these. This one. So, yeah. So enough about that. What is your big recommendation for this week?
1: All right. So speaking of things that I watched on Crave TV in Canada, ah. they should be paying me for plugging this. <laughs> 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 um, okay. So remember how I was just talking about that Kathy Valentine autobiography? Yes, yes. So, my recommendation today is directly responsible for why I picked up that autobiography and it is a documentary that is called The Go-Go's. And nice. Oh my god. I loved it so much and I watched it while I was on vacation. And that was really perfect because it gave me the time to really soak it in and then I cuz for me, I always thought of the Go-Go's No, wait, pause. This is really terrible storytelling. This is how excited I am. I'm so excited about this. (laughs) You're jumping ahead. (laughs) That I'm just blabbering as though there aren't people listening to this who have no idea what I'm talking about. So, The Go-Go's is a documentary about the wildly popular band from the very early 1980s. And in this particular case, this documentary focuses on their rise and their fall. So that most of it takes place... Kind of up to and around the point at which they break up for the first time, and then it touches on the fact that they reunite later and kind of what they're doing right now as they're pursuing. Oh, cool! Finally, if you can believe it, they are finally for the first time ever, despite being eligible for fifteen years, are finally up for um, nomination for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And... As well,
0: they should be in it for right? sure. Everybody, everybody knows the Go Go's. Like, like come we all know the Go Go's. It's like, like Joan Jett, the other. Podcast. When <laughs> right. We're talking about that. Like who right. doesn't know Joan Jet? Who doesn't know the go go's? We all know the go-go's.
1: And if you don't, please watch this movie. Cause I promise you are going to want to know it. And so there were some things that were really, really cool about this. For me, I love that because it really goes from the very beginning and it dives into kind of like the childhoods of the five main So there's like the five main ones that everybody kind of knows because they're they're the ones that were together when they recorded the album Beauty and the Beat which if you have not listened to that album <laughs> oh my god i've had it on almost on repeat for the last week since i watched it and it's so good every song is good there are no, it yeah. is a perfect album there are no bad songs on this album
0: you know at least 3 of the songs like even if you don't know yes. anything about the go-go's you know at least 3 of their songs
1: yeah because they will definitely know we got the beat
0: right and our lists are sealed
1: vacation is from is another album a, oh,
0: is it not? but okay. still like
1: you'll at least know those two for sure and right. then i hadn't heard i don't think i had heard the other ones and i just i love it it's just so good but although those are kind of the ones that everybody knows so it's like belinda carlisle obviously as the singer um gina Cute. Shock, right gina yeah. shock as the drummer um jane weedlin as the guitarist jane weedlin is
0: adorable Adorable.
1: i know oh my god the crush i developed watching that was not fair and i'm talking (laughs) about her now like fuck that i don't care if she's in her 60s she's adorable right kathy valentine of course and then um charlotte caffey who it sounds like she did like some guitar some keyboard some kind of wrote we got the beat so they're the ones that everybody knows, but actually there were a couple of other founding members before that. Oh. And if you look at old kind of promo photos, and actually, when We Got the Beat was recorded as a single, Kathy Valentine wasn't with them. It was Margot, somebody whose last name I can't remember, and then there was, like, previously a dr- a drummer before Gina Shock, and, like, they got both of them in for this documentary. Oh, wow. And we heard what it was like and, like, when they were kind of let go from the band. And, like, we heard from their original manager. Wow. Who was also a woman, which was very cool. And then we saw the person who came in to replace, like, when Jane Woodland left, there was another bassist, like, Kathy Valentine sort of slid over to her role and there was another bassist there. But it just, like, I was watching it and my mind just kept <laughs> feeling like it was exploding. And I love that I was on vacation because... I think if I would have been working when I watched it, I would have been like, whoa, that's really good. And then kind of moved on with my life. Yeah, But I was on vacation, so I had the time (laughs) to to start listening to Beauty and the Beat on repeat. You want to bet, yes, I was tending my fucking flowers and Animal Crossing (laughs) while While listening to that album. (laughs) (laughs) And I also reached out to a friend, one of my best friends at work, Used to be the front man for, like, a kind of popular rock and punk band in in Canada in the early, like, kind of around 2009, 2010. And I know he loves music. Like, he loves music the same way that I love literature. And that, like, at the risk of being that asshole, like, that the way that... You know the way Roger Ebert would write reviews (laughs) of movies that he loved and you could just feel his, like, he's writing, he's just writing love letters to cinema? (laughs) That's the, way, that's the way my friend Andrew talks about music. Like, when you talk to him, you just feel the passion kind of pour out. And I'm like, Andrew, I watched the Go-Go's documentary. Have you seen it? He's like, no, but I want to. And uh, so we're talking about that a bit. And I went back to him a couple days later. I was like, Andrew, I've been <laughs> listening to Beauty and the Beat over and over. And now I want to listen to Blondie. It's making me want to listen to that. What else should I be listening to? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Because they were kind of around the same time. And that was you know, new wave before it split, you know, into punk and then the synthesizer, new wave. And I was like, that was a thing. Like it was just the best. And he made me this
0: playlist. No. And so like, I
1: really dug into all that.
0: Oh, I yes. want to see the playlist. I want you to share oh, with my me God. the playlist because that is, that's my music. You know, that's when I started. Yeah. Listening.
1: I can definitely do that. Cause that, sure. when I listen to that, I know we're going wildly off topic at this point. <laughs> and I'm just hoping people are enjoying it. Um, <laughs> But that was, like, I had never heard of The Slits before, and he had a couple of their songs on there, and they are also incredible. yeah, that's new to me. Yeah, and again, it's, like, all women that are singing and playing, and I think they wrote their own songs. They're out of, like, the London. Okay. They're out of the London music scene at pretty much the exact same time that the Go-Go's were coming up. But you can hear, like, reggae influences in their music, but the music's not reggae at all. Like, it's super interesting. He added some of Patti Smith. I don't know. My brain's not working. We're doing this at the end of a work day.
0: I'm like, you tell me. Tell me. Who's the famous Patty? Yeah, Smith.
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So there's Patty Smith. There's some, like, very early B-52s. Joy Division. Like, a lot of, like... God, these are all good. Right? It's so good. And now, for people who have made it this far, there's some of you that are probably wondering, why the fuck are you recommending a documentary about a girl's rock band? for queerly recommended because because in the documentary gina shock mentions that she and jane weedlin were girlfriends for a little while very early in the band you are welcome super queer and also i mean jane weedlin's been very open about her bisexuality for years and years so it doesn't figure a lot in this thing that's really kind of the only moment but i thought that was really cool that even like yeah, it's, like, 40 years later, but I, I think it's really sweet to kind of, like, reflect back on that, and she had a little laugh about it, and it was great, so.
0: Yeah, that reminds me of, you know, because not everybody, even then, like, even if they, even though they were no. all women, like, they were still not, like, open to bisexuality or lesbian relationships, because that's what I found out watching The uh, the Runaways, that movie.
1: Mm-hmm. So this is why I was also saying earlier with Kathy Valentine's book, I don't know if there's any queerness in in it. Like maybe she, I don't know. I don't know. If there is, I'll report back. (laughs) I have no idea. But yes, if you are interested in music, especially if you're interested in 80s music, if you are like me and you were born around that time, I'm doing that thing now. I'm in my early 40s. I'm feeling very nostalgic about the time when I was born and being raised. I think that's just kind of a natural Navel-gazing time of your life.
0: (laughs) Plus, 80s. Like, 80s had the best music. Fight me. Remember, we talked about this. 80s music is the shit. It's awesome. It was so good. The
1: last point I want to make about this documentary, the other thing that I really, really, really loved, was how much it really showed that they grew out of the punk scene. Yeah. They were not starting out as a pop band. They were very much starting out as a punk band in L.A., and that that's, you can, and you can hear some of that in Beauty and the Beat. It's still there, but you can tell there is a progression to kind of more of a pop. And it's beautiful. But I just love that kind of complexity that, especially for me, because of when I was born, Belinda Carlisle was a bigger deal to me. Right like heaven is a place on earth is a song that i heard on the radio right. when it came out <laughs> i may have heard we got the beat on the radio but i wasn't making memories
0: <laughs> i was making memories during this time so
1: how is that possible i you're know in i know.
0: I'm like 34 and yet i was there i was
1: there it's amazing <laughs> it <is. laughs> uh, i still love i so uh I'm going to share this with listeners because you're all friends and I think it's hilarious. And you thought it was hilarious. I did. Uh, I texted Chris, what was it, yesterday <laughs> to say that yeah, it was yesterday. Neil was shocked to learn that Chris is older than me. <laughs> <laughs> he said that I sound like the grown up of the podcast.
0: <laughs> uh, that's true. I'm like the teenager with ADD.
1: <laughs> right? He was like, so is she just a goofball then? I was yes. like, yeah, dude. <laughs> yes.
0: Completely. Yeah, that was, that was sweet. Yeah, you said shocked in the capital letters. I'm like, I he love Yeah, I love him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks, Nia. Yeah.
0: Yes, that's right. That's great. great.
1: All right. I think that's all for this episode. <laughs> I don't think we managed to stay on topic once, and yep.
0: I don't mind. <laughs> this is what happens when we do a podcast on a Monday night after we've Instant. worked hellish days <laughs> instead of like on a Sunday morning. I nice one energy. more chill. Yeah, we're totally chill. So you <laughs> <Well> can <slept. laughs> definitely tell the difference.
1: <laughs> but you know what? Hopefully, um, you had a good time anyway. Yes. If you did, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We're so, and if you feel like giving us feedback anywhere, please do. We so love hearing from listeners. And uh, thank you.
0: Yes. And if you want to connect with us on favorite social media sites, just search for Queerly Recommended on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook Or email us at podcast at coilyrecommended dot com, or hit us up on like Twitter. I think we do a lot of interaction on Mm -hmm. Twitter. That's that's pretty popular. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, have a good uh, good night, good day, goodbye, bye everybody, bye. Go listen to Beauty and the Beat.
1: to do one more plug they That's should give me so a an angle On, and vote for them to get in the rock and roll hall of fame
0: <laughs> they'll make it for sure for sure god they better okay